Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to 3 and Out, a national NFL podcast from three sports media pros. Me, Ty Schalter from 538, joined by Samantha Bunton of NBC Sports and Michael Schotty. It's our midweek big show. Of course, we have a big guest for you, Michael David Smith of NBC Sports, pro football talk managing editor. If you have read anything about football on the internet in like the past two decades, you have probably read MDS's stuff. He will join us shortly to talk about what is the big topic. Normally, we have three separate big topics. This time, we got one big topic. We're going at it three different ways, and that is schedule mania. The NFL schedule is dropping very slowly over the course of, you know, 36 hours before it actually drops in full. Um, but, you know, the leaks are coming out. The news is coming out. Everyone's already hyped and rumors are flying, all that sort of stuff. So, Shadi, what do you want to talk about about the schedule? Yeah, this is just a weird thing. For those of us who've been in some form of sports media for a while, this is a new piece of the NFL schedule. In fact, I this week have been maybe taking a little extra care to look at my Facebook memories. Uh, I know some of you can get triggered by those, but (laughs) it was like, you know, five, six years ago where I threw something pithy out about, it's just ridiculous that we're doing the schedule thing. And even since then, it has just climbed into this ridiculous new stratosphere of importance that this becomes the post-draft initial oasis as we're wandering through the desert of the off season. And so there's going to be like some mini camp news and then there's gonna be some training camp news and there's gonna be like a second wave of free agency that hits here at some point. And it's almost like the NFL has perfectly plotted a day trip through the off season. Uh, you know, it's like old school dad looking at the AAA uh, map like these are this is where the historical markers are this is where the you know bathroom breaks are going to be and the nfl has done this so majestically that i can't even hate on it anymore and i find myself caring about the nfl schedule when i literally do not care about the nfl schedule uh i coach lower levels of football and i don't care about my own team's schedule i just sort of show up and oh this is who we're playing great i do the same thing when i'm watching nfl games I mean, it's no secret that I'm a Lions fan. I rarely know who the Lions are playing until like three days before the game. And that's because I randomly saw it. I don't sit there and perch wondering like what the big games are, what the, you know, it's Thursday, there's football on tonight. Oh, it's a good game. I'm going to go ahead and watch the whole thing. I'm not going to go to bed early tonight. Sorry, honey. That's what I I do. And I still find myself in May and June all of a sudden caring about a schedule that I know I'm not going to care about in a couple couple of weeks or a couple of months. What are you guys' thoughts? 
I'm pretty sure if I looked back through my tweets, you were mentioning your Facebook memories, there would be a whole bunch of them right around this time every year of me going, this is so stupid. I can't believe we're making a TV special out of releasing a schedule for something that's not going to happen for several months. I guarantee it. Um, But to me, it's sort of, I think this is one of those things where I have to reconcile something that I think is colossally stupid with the fact that this is the kind of stuff that pays my bills working in the industry. So (laughs) just mentioning to these guys that, um, you know, I keep getting asked over and over on radio hits this week is, Oh, do you, you know, can you tell me the Sunday night schedule? And I'm sitting there thinking, who cares? You'll see it in two days. It doesn't matter, but this is something that people are really going for. And so I think we have to be kind of conscious of the fact that like, there are jobs that are a whole lot worse than kind of um, sitting and, and vulturing on top of the schedule news, which is what we have to do, whether we think it's dumb or not. And also, I guess for fans, uh, you know, you mentioned Saudi, sort of the, the desert, uh, the oasis of the desert this time of year. And for the, from the fans' perspective, I agree with that. There's also a part of me that kind of hates the NFL for doing this a little bit because you notice that there's the sort of non-coincidence coincidence every year where they drop a big piece of news on Major League Baseball's opening day and then they drop a big piece of news the first day of the NBA Finals without fail every single year look for it they just can't stand to not have the camera on them all the time and yet at the same time they're what people want even in the off season in the darkest most desolate part of the off season where we are nowhere near a football season either one just passed or one just beginning it's what the people want so samantha what is the sunday night football schedule But what do I do here? Plead the fifth? Make or... it news. What it, come on, come on. You don't need that job. Just, just uh, throw it out there. Get fired. We'll keep you happy. Yeah. Yeah, pay you. I, yeah. Who is, who is paying me in the interim while I look for a new job? Uh. Okay. But, you know, and again, same thing. I, I am sympathetic to football fans who want content, content, content all the time and 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 love the sport and love their team and want to know and 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 just want it want it want it i i get it that's why we have jobs that's why we get paid that's why we grew up wanting to do this right is because people did it before we, we want that info and the info is out there so it is it is fun to make something fun out of it and there's a little bit, you know, every fan base has their own hobby horse. I think Steelers fans are losing it because they're opening on the road for the seventh season in a row. Um, you know, we usually get the annual, hey, everybody, here's how the schedule works inside profile piece from one of the league's top insiders. And you're, you're Peter King's or your Albert Beers or whatever, you know, you get the, oh, well, they start with 4.2 quadrillion and possible scenarios. And then they throw out all the ones that they throw out all the ones, da, 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 you know, and, and, and yeah, okay. There's a whole process behind this. There are still definitely times when I look at the schedule and go, um, we didn't, uh, we didn't throw this one out because of this, you know, this, this is kind of weird. This feels disqualifying. And certainly if you're a team with like a week four buy in the first uh, 18 week season ever, you're sitting there going, mm, we probably could have done better, you know? Uh, but, but overall, I don't think this impacts 
the the competitive aspect as much as fans want it to. I don't think opening on the road versus home or having more primetime games or being slotted for this or that or or you know ending the season with two division games instead of three or or whatever it is. I, I just don't think it impacts the bottom line that much. I don't think it moves the needle that much. It's fun for fans for a day or two. And honestly, I, th- I think the fav- my favorite part is playing Twitter sleuth of, okay, you know, um, Mike Cleason Denver has Denver's home games out at 2 p.m., eastern time and one of them is my team okay great so then oh uh, you know uh, you're you're interpolating between okay so like Schefter just tweeted like the first four Monday night football games okay and one of them's a team in my division which means it's got to be you know you start trying to piece everything together that's fun but then of course that's fun for a couple of hours and then the whole schedule comes out so so why bother unless you have absolutely nothing else to do So the other little piece here is that the NFL didn't just create this, you know, oasis. They actually have created a full day of what you were just describing because they threw out on Fox and Friends this morning on, you know, Fox News Network, which is part, you know, part and parcel with Fox Sports, which is one of their big partners. They threw out, this is the first week of the schedule. Uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson hopped on and there has just been this delayed sort of truncated handoff throughout the course of the day because of that, as people have sort of come upon this news and it's turned this into a full day event. So it's not even, hey, the schedule's releasing in prime time tonight. I might tune in. It's I'm glued to my computer about something that I admittedly do not care about but i'm still glued because i'm worried that something's gonna drop about you know primetime games or bye weeks that i'm gonna miss so here i am nfl got me again kudos to them they are the chief newsmakers in all of history all right we'll stay glued to your earbuds because we got michael david smith pro football talk managing editor coming up right here on three and out with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Three and Out. Got a great show continuing here with managing editor of Pro Football Talk, Michael David Smith. MDS, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. You are truly one of the original, like, bros of the NFL blogosphere. Uh, so it's exciting to have you on. Exciting. Uh, as Ty, who's not on right now with us, had said before we jumped on, like, just feels like we've been connected digitally forever. So uh, glad to have you on. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. All right. So let's kick off with the NFL schedule release, which happened yesterday. And this this came up briefly on PFT, a discussion of is this 
too much what we're doing here, turning this into an off-season television event, or is it not enough? Should we be doing even more with this at a time of year when there's not really a whole lot going on NFL-wise? You know, I, I, I'm sympathetic to the idea that we make too much of everything, but the honest truth is it never seems to really be too much. Like, I remember... I'm old enough that I can literally remember when people thought the fact that the NFL draft was televised at all was too much. Like, why would we just sit there and watch TV of people's names being read off? And then the NFL draft just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it never really became too much. I mean, you just keep on watching it and more and more people watch and more and more people attend in person. And I kind of think the schedule is the same way it kind of feels like we're making too much of a big deal out of it, given that we already have known for months which teams are playing which other teams, and today we're only learning on which days. But I just feel like there's almost an insatiable amount of desire for NFL news and information. And so, hey, the bigger you make the schedule release, the better. As a newsman, I have to ask you about the big news topics of the NFL currently. Uh, first and foremost, is Aaron Rodgers playing in Green Bay this season? You know, I have been thinking all along that he was. And I think, you know, at, at the end of the season or at the end of the postseason when he, he made some kind of cryptic comments – I thought maybe there was a slight chance he wouldn't be back in Green Bay, but it was only slight. But as the offseason has gone on, I've gone from like 80-20 that he's still in Green Bay to like 60-40 still in Green Bay. And now I'm teetering on like 50-50 or even like 49-51 that he won't be back. And, And the interesting thing for me with Aaron Rodgers is – he has more than one option, right? I mean, he he has the option of demanding a trade, but I think he can more credibly than most say, look, if you don't trade me, I'll just retire. And I think other players have kind of hinted at that, but we always knew it, when push comes to shove, they're not really going to retire. And I, I kind of think Aaron Rodgers would be a little more willing to just walk away altogether than most. He has TV interests i don't think he's actually going to get the jeopardy hosting job but the the fact that he is even in the running for that kind of shows that he might have a more interesting television career than most former players he might be more like a michael strahan type who in addition to certainly having opportunities to talk about football on tv he might have opportunities to go in a lot of other directions that other former nfl players don't have so I I still kind of feel like he should be back in Green Bay. They should be able to make it work out. But I could see him ending up in Denver, and I could see him ending up on television. So moving from the reigning MVP to a guy who hasn't played in a decade, uh, what are your feelings on Tebow Mania? This this feels a little bit like uh, Hollywood has run out of ideas, so everything's a gritty reboot. This is like the gritty reboot of Tebow Mania. Like, let's get him in tight end and let's put him down in Jacksonville, which is like the grittiest uh, NFL city there is. So uh, is there anything to this, or is this just uh, a much ado about nothing sort of storyline? Well, I have, a, I have a hard time believing he is really going to make the 53 player roster in Jacksonville, but I'll, 
I'll just say that it's, we have no idea what Urban Meyer is thinking about how Urban Meyer plans to run an NFL team. Urban Meyer loves Tim Tebow. Urban Meyer wants to give Tim Tebow a chance. To me, it, it just seems almost preposterous that Tim Tebow is going to be a tight end on an NFL roster. I, I don't think it will last beyond the summer. I don't think he will still be a Jaguar in the fall, but it, it it's a, it's just a weird thing. And I think Urban Meyer in particular makes it a little hard to predict because we don't really know what kind of football team Urban Meyer plans to build. You had a tweet the other day that made me very, very happy being a big Gardner Minshew fan, where you were mentioning his suggested interception rate and how it was identical to Rogers and that you thought he would be an excellent trade target. So I wanted to ask you, where do you think Minshew would be a good fit? And if the Jaguars do decide to move him, where do you think he'll land or where should he land? Well, the impression I get is there is not that much interest from other teams in him. Um, but but I think there should be. You know, I, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a great franchise quarterback, but when you look at the traits he has shown so far in Jacksonville and the fact that he's just dirt cheap, I mean, he's under a million dollars for a team that acquires him for each of the next two years. I think that there should be a number of teams that would be interested in trading for him. And I'm a little bit surprised. The sense I have is that, that there isn't a lot of interest. The team that I would think would be the first to jump on Gardner Minshew would be the Texans because there's so much uncertainty with what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson that, you know, I, I would have already made an offer for Gardner Minshew if I were in charge of the Texans. I'm definitely not in charge of the Texans. I'm not entirely sure who's in charge of the Texans, but I, I would have made that offer. But I really think that just when you look at any quarterback for less than a million dollar cap hit it, it is a pretty good deal if he's shown anything at all. And I actually think Gardner Minshew has shown more than he's gotten credit for while playing for a bad Jacksonville team. So I hope some team trades for him and I hope it's a team that will give him an opportunity. I don't think he's going to walk in anywhere and start, but I think there are a number of teams where he could be in the mix where he's at least competing for a starting job. And, and I just think it's a little weird when you look at like what the Panthers gave up for the right to pay Sam Darnold a lot of money, both this year and next year, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew under contract than Sam Darnold under contract, because if Gardner Minshew doesn't work out, he's cost you next to nothing. Sam Darnold, because of the price of the fifth year option for a quarterback, he's going to end up costing the Panthers a lot of money. And, and I don't know that Sam Darnold, when it's all said and done, will have had a better NFL career than Gardner Minshew. So managing editor of pro football talk and that website has been around about as long as the internet. I feel like it was originally built on either angel fire or geo cities. And it's just, it's been a part of our collective football consciousness for a long time. You haven't been there since the beginning, but you've been there a while. Uh, so what was it like being an integral part of this operation as it grew from being really just a lawyer side hustle uh, as Mike Florio started it to being a major media vertical part of the NBC sports empire? Yeah, you know, when Mike Florio started PFT, I mean, it was really uh, a side hustle might even be generous because that's almost like uh, 
it implies that you're making money off it. I mean, at the start, Mike was really just doing it as a, as a hobby and something for fun that people were reading his opinions about the NFL on the internet. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I just got in touch with him early on when, when he was, you know, still doing this like old school website that looked terrible and didn't have uh, direct links to any of the articles. And, you know, I just started uh, helping out with him when he was, you know, he was a lawyer. If he had a trial or a deposition, he'd say, Hey, you take the reins of the site for a while and whatever comes up in the world of football today uh, posted. And, you know, he and I just, we just kind of meshed naturally. Um, you know, he, he liked what I posted and when he wasn't around and, you know, he and I just on a personal level, we've always gotten along. We're friends. Our, our wives have become friends. I mean, we're just, we just kind of see eye to eye in a number of ways. So yeah, it's been uh fun. And of course now the, the site has grown uh, exponentially and it's, it, we kind of, I think we're, one of the few sites left that still has some of the mentality of the old school sports blogosphere that, that existed like 15, 20 years ago and has to some extent disappeared. But I, I like to think we've kind of kept some of the good elements of, of what made the sports blogosphere fun back in the day and brought it to a professional site that now is of course part of NBC sports and included in football night in America and Sunday night football and that kind of thing. So I think all of us here have been around this industry for a reasonably long time. And we wanted to get your thoughts sort of on how the industry has changed since you started. And going forward, if somebody wants to be the next Michael David Smith, I, what do you recommend for aspiring sports writers, aspiring bloggers, anybody who wants to get into this industry? What's your best advice now for somebody just looking to break in? Yeah, you know, it's it's a great question. I don't know if the the path that I followed exists anymore, unfortunately. I mean, the the I just I started just writing about football online as a hobby because it was something I had fun doing and eventually, you know, I was doing it for free for a while and eventually I started getting offers from uh websites and newspapers that were willing to pay me to be a freelancer. And then eventually I went from freelancing to, to this being my full-time job. I, I don't know that that path exists, but the, the best thing I would say is try to find some element of covering the NFL or covering whatever it is that you want to cover online that that is underserved right now. So like if you're thinking that I'm a fan and I wish that more people were covering the draft in this way, you could start covering the draft in this way yourself. And, and maybe you start by doing it on medium or Substack or whatever uh, outlet is out there. And you're just doing it because you want to do it that way. And eventually maybe you turn it into a career path. I think that, um, you know, it, it's kind of amazing how much the, the business has changed over the the 15 years or so that I've been, that this has been my profession, that it's, you know, I, I don't know if I could necessarily give people the best advice for starting out, but I would say, you know, when we hire new people, like our newest writer is Miles Simmons. I mean, it was really just about 
we had seen where Miles had written previously and we liked his work and that's why we hired him. It wasn't about, I, I actually, I, I don't think I ever asked Miles, like, what did you major in in college? Like, I don't think those things ever came up. It was more just like, we, you know, we've seen what you've written. We like what you've written. We'd like you to write for us. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, write, write what you can and, and get it out there and hope that an audience sees it and uh, write what you like, you know, try to, I, I got into writing about the NFL because I like it. And, you know, I would, I would want to follow a, a career path that's going to be something I think I'll enjoy. Great answer from one of the original internet bests. Thank you, MDS. Uh, let the people know where they can find your stuff. Yeah, you know, we're uh, profootballtalk.com. Today's schedule release. We got lots of news about that. And also on Twitter, um, twitter.com slash Michael D.A.V. Smith. For some reason, I, I guess Michael David Smith was too long, so I had to go with Michael Dav Smith. But you can find me that way as well. All right. Excellent. So... Thankful that you could come on today. That Again, that was Michael David Smith, the managing editor of Pro Football Talk. We're going to take a short commercial break here on 3 and Out. When we come back, we're going to get to Ty and Samantha's big topic. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We are back. It is three and out a national NFL podcast with three sports media pros. Of course, Michael David Smith, a pros pro, uh, just gave us some great insight there. We're going to stay with the theme of scheduling, schedule mania. Samantha, what do you want to talk about? Well, after a very bizarre year in 2020 that I think we are all happy to have behind us for loads of reasons, uh, the international games are back. Uh, it's a little bit different this time. Um, going to be less of them. We have two London games. We do not, I believe, have a Mexico City game. So I wanted to kind of check in with you guys on where you're at on these. Do you like them? And what do you think about them happening this year? You know, I'm a big fan of international games. And I think there is a curveball when it comes to what international games look like in terms of COVID. But honestly, if I'm organizers in other countries, I'm more worried about Americans coming to us than I am as an American going to other countries. So I believe that this is going to be a fine situation. I, I, the pandemic is not over. We're not at herd immunity if we ever reach it but NFL teams are going to be fully vaccinated by this point. Uh, I'm assuming that the places like London that have these games will absolutely put in all sorts of protective things because other countries have been much better at protecting their citizens in many ways than the United States has been. So I'm all for it. I mean, not England to be fair. But well, <laughs> okay. But uh, the U S has set a pretty low bar is all I'm saying. So having a game at full capacity yeah. is, New York is the same as having a game at, at full capacity in London, in my mind. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it is what it is. Uh, the NFL is 
purposefully getting back to normalcy and that's what they're doing. And I think they've done it well so far. And I'm just going to keep on my sunny disposition because it's working. Uh, I don't love games at 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Uh, I'm a church going fella, but at the same time, it's a nice little, uh, nice little alteration to the schedule that I don't mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm a similar way now. You guys know I also love the European brand of football with the one with the round one and uh, Tottenham stadium is, is beautiful. It, it's, it's a really nice facility and there's, there's an appetite for it. You know, they, they like it in the UK. Uh, they like it in Europe. They love it in Germany. Uh, the, the NFL has been a model. In fact, some of that Remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about that European super league thing. The NFL as a competitive and financial model is really attractive to P- to owners overseas, maybe not fans so much, but the fans, the fans like that competitive balance. And, you know, for, for me, I want there to be more international sport. I want there to be more international influence in the NFL and its marketing. I want to know that, you know, the Spanish language market is huge. The Brazilian market is huge. Brazil, they love the NFL in Brazil. There's huge markets. And and we really don't see that reflected in the product. And so I, I, I want it to be more of a cosmopolitan game because partially it, it, reflects the reality that it is you know when we when our american sports media coverage makes it seem like you know in the advertising and the marketing and all that other stuff makes it seem like the only people who like football are 52 year old guys from iowa then that's what we're going to think it's for and i think the nfl has had a huge problem with assuming that that's what its core market is, that that's all it needs to care about. If they keep doing that, it's going to be like baseball. I'm sorry, Samantha, but eventually only 52 year old white guys from Iowa will pay attention. If that's all you market to, if that's all you care about, if that's all you tell people and signal to audiences, that that's what you're interested in is that audience. So uh, for me, I, I love the international games, it's it's a little bit weird, certainly, like you said, Shadi, waking up trying to fit it into church and, and other things that are going on. But other people keep different schedules. And certainly, how many times have I fallen asleep on Thursday night? Um, you know, the, the, there are times when the the current primetime slate doesn't work for me either, or for other people. So I think having having something in a different time zone isn't that bad. It just uh, it throws in a little wrinkle. Now, if there were huge slates, like you know, I think a lot of people in England have been frustrated over the years as they shift more and more Premier League games later to try and catch the American sports market or, you know, the, the Western hemisphere sports market. And they go, Hey, how come I got to stay up till, you know, 1230 to watch a game so that people in, 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 you know, other countries can, can watch around, you know, can watch a, a better times for them, but it's all a part of being a world sporting audience and a world's game. But don't worry, Ty, you can't kill off baseball. People have been making that exact statement that you made since actually the late 1800s. It's the first time we see <laughs> reference to that, that the audience is dying and there will be no more baseball. So don't worry, baseball, fellow baseball people, if there are any of you, we're not going anywhere. But um, I do take your point about the NFL, just like baseball, kind of fundamentally misunderstanding. I, I don't even know if it's its audience so much as its potential audience. This idea that I mean, there. I, I kind of cringe at the thought when you talk about the Brazil market and how much they love the NFL and how the NFL has just done nothing to cater to that, except 
you know, two years ago, we had a right. Super Bowl with Shakira at halftime. And it was like, you're going that really, <laughs> that that's your answer to that. Oh boy. It's, it's the sort of the equivalent of the pink jerseys will surely attract the female fans. Right. No. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, certainly in the UK um, and in continental Europe, there's certainly plenty of market for it there. There's also a lot of American expatriates there who I think will pay a lot of money to attend an NFL game, participate in that. I know there's been some involvement um, between uh, talks back and forth with NFL Network and Sky Sports trying to kind of get even some football media coverage by American media personalities dedicated over there uh, just to kind of further drum up interest. It's not going to replace soccer, but I certainly think you could sell enough tickets to make it more prevalent. The Mexico City thing, I mean, that was hugely successful. And, and I yes. would echo your yes. thoughts, Ty, that we need to get back to that once it becomes safe. And Brazil, South America as well, um, the Caribbean too, I think there's some potential there. But, um, you know, these are, I think, a little bit more difficult because you don't always have the facilities, but I would think there would be soccer facilities in a lot of those places in Thai, you would know that better than me, sure. you know, who's for got sure. the correct facilities for that. But um, I, yeah, I just, I think the international market is mostly a good thing. I think there are some limits to it. It's going to be very hard to play a football game in, for example, Japan or Australia because the time difference is so great. Um, that I think that would create some problems and it's not really about the audience. I think if you really want to see a football game bad enough, you'll watch it at four o'clock in the morning. You, you all will, we all would. Right. But the travel involved in that creates a huge problem with the way that you schedule bye weeks and whatnot. So unless you're going to go to that second bye week, you're really, really going to kind of change up the way that the NFL schedule works. And I don't even know if you could make it line up right to do that, but the travel schedule would be absolutely hellish for the teams involved. And that might be a stumbling block towards some farther destinations from the NFL's home in the United States. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's another aspect that I want to get to, and that's exactly what we're driving at with the primetime viewing audience. So many fans want to know the primetime games. Who are we getting any? How many are we getting? Are we hosting Homer Road? They want to see their team under the big lights of Sunday night football. Samantha, we talked about it before. You get hounded all the time. What is the schedule? Who's is my team going to be on Sunday night football? Is my team going to be on Monday night football? And I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. It's, you know, for me, I understand certainly as of course, keep bringing up this episode coming from the Lions fan base where people just were like, this is not a team worth paying attention. Every year we have to have the Thanksgiving conversation. Well, the Lions are not good. So the game should go to somebody else. And, and you know, they should just, make every game interesting. They should just decide now to make every good game good. You know what? Okay. Uh, so I, I, before I go too much more into my rant, uh, Shadi, what do you think about the primetime games? Yeah, I, it's all about respect. I mean, again, the idea that your team has any advantage or disadvantage playing in primetime is just ridiculous. Uh, even if you have like a quote unquote big time quarterback who plays better, I mean, whatever, uh, there are things that fans will make up when it comes to what is good or bad for their team. But I think it comes down to the fact that as a fan, you want your team to have respect, uh, again, coming from the Lions fan voice, I 
don't understand that. I'm completely uh, sympathetic with people who don't want to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving. I don't want to watch the Lions on Thanksgiving. I think it's fine. I, I'm not telling them to get rid of it, but at the same time, eh, I'm okay if it goes away. Uh, I, I'm usually cooking a turkey most of that morning anyway and uh, miss most of the first half. So I'm fine. Uh, it's a respect thing. And any lack of respect comes across as the NFL hates my team. The NFL is purposely doing things to sabotage my team. And I think it's just overblown. The NFL doesn't hate any team. The NFL is rooting equally for all, you know, 31 teams after clearly favoring the Dallas Cowboys. And that's it. I don't think anyone else needs to have any sort of ulterior motive ideas when it comes to whether you have primetime games or not, because the NFL could not care less about you as a fan. Personally, uh, they care about you as a fan collectively and who's going to watch games. And sorry, if you're in, you know, a city that doesn't watch a ton of football with a team that's not very good at that football, you're not going to be playing in primetime. Sorry. Yeah, I think there's a couple of other things that are sort of more financial and more about the industry of the way that games are distributed to networks that people kind of don't understand that make this more difficult, um, starting sort of with the idea that, number one, it takes time to put together the packages that work around these games that, um, you know, what we do and, and we kind of that were really thrown into the thick of this last year when we ended up with an extra game um, that was broadcast for Sunday night football because it was a Thursday game where we kind of had to add that in and, it's a lot of work um, just to get down sort of all of the sort of ancillary content that goes around a game. People can't just switch that. And, and this is something that comes up all the time with the, why can't you just flex this game into this spot? Or why can't you just take this team that wasn't expected to do well, that is now doing well this season and put them on prime time. Well, sometimes it's just because people can't change that quickly. The broadcasting network isn't capable of doing it. And then also, of course, there's a financial component to this about who owns the rights to the game for that year. Um, so sometimes I think you can look at these primetime games and people get really upset about why are all the Thursday night games so bad? Well, some of that actually has to do with what that network is paying, which games they can get the rights to. Also, We've got 32 teams here and they all have to play a good number of uh, inter and intradivisional matchups that are not always going to be barn burners and they got to go somewhere, right? And everybody gets a primetime game. So when you put those things together with the fact that certain networks are going to own the rights to certain things at certain times, then there's really absolutely no way that you're going to get something tremendous every single time. It just isn't possible, but people do get pretty bent about it. I mean, I think most teams and fan bases, not the team so much, but the fans view it as a tremendous slight that your team is not getting the primetime game that you are thinking you should have. Okay. So first of all, on the Thanksgiving thing, I, I'm a furious Thanksgiving defender. And and part of this is because of, of what Samantha's hinting at. I think it goes even further than that. Not just that, that the networks are in competition for what good games are. I don't think it's knowable. It's not knowable what good games are. The way the NFL is structured, you can't call your shots right now. We'll just schedule good games. Just put good teams up against good teams. And then you'll get good games. You know, a, a couple of years ago, Cowboys Eagles seemed like it was going to be great. And then 
Dak Prescott exploded and the Eagles imploded. And now nobody wants to watch Cowboys Eagles, not even Cowboys Eagles fans. You know, it's, 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 there's so many things that go on in any given NFL season that, that you can't sit here and pick, well, oh, just just decide that games are going to be good. If you could do that, then you would schedule all the primetime games to always be good. And it, it it's just, it doesn't work that way. But that same thing, Shadi, you talked about respect. Um, I had the two, the best possible experience as a fan that I had and the worst possible experience as a fan that I had both came on Monday Night Football and they were the last Monday night football the Lions hosted for a decade and the first one after that. October 8th, 2001 is the Lions' first home Monday night football in forever. It was like three weeks after 9-11. Security, all that other stuff was, was it was a really, really, really weird vibe. The Lions were 0-3. It was Marty Morningweg. And the greatest show on turf came to town and lit up the Lions 35 to 0. I don't think Kurt Warner threw an incomplete pass in the first half and he finished with a 126.5 passer rating with Ty Detmer and Charlie Batch getting benched for each other in the middle of the game. And it was like this most humiliating, like, okay, here we go. Like we're going to put our team on the national stage. Everybody, this is so great. And then just get, you just get decimated. Just plowed under. And everyone's like, you know what? Lions don't get to host a Monday night football game again for 10 years. So like, I get it. I, 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 I get it. But the league is scheduling things, not just based on, there's not a direct correlation between how good your team was and how much, respect they should get you know how much attention they should get there are other you know other factors going into this and some of this is how consistently you're good some of this is how big your fan base is i don't care if the steelers go 0 and 16 for four straight years the steelers are going to get primetime games in the fifth year because they have a big fan base you know the niners the giants the cowboys the eagles washington football team these teams are gonna get a bevy of primetime games every single year because there's just more people watching but no matter how many primetime games your team gets or doesn't get when the schedule finally drops you gotta pay attention to three and out we had two big guests this week thank you again to michael david smith for sharing his insight today make sure you like subscribe rate and review because we want to keep doing this for you we want you to help spread the word on social media we are going to be back on monday with our key takeaways and i'm sure we'll hit if there's anything relevant or interesting about the schedule i'm sure we will get back to that too remember three and out a national nfl podcast Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.